<laughs> uh, welcome to our podcast. This is Tea Time with the Psychos. Our vision for this podcast is to highlight mental health issues and topics while fucking shit up and enjoying tea. I am Caitlin Keneally, a psychotherapist and licensed professional counselor by the state of Wisconsin. And I'm Elizabeth Nelson, just a psycho in training and a mental health advocate. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Episode 7. Yes, we had a little bit of break there, I would say, just yeah. because of the holidays, pandemic, and all that jazz, but... Yep, we're here. Yes. When, what is today's topic? Um, it's resiliency. Oh, okay. Resiliency. How does it make you feel to even say the word? I think strength. That's always what comes to my mind. Like, yeah. when you say resiliency, I feel like it's strength. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But when I, yeah, I, I think of like strength and character and just like kind of being able to like overcome not anything, but like you're overcoming obstacles kind of constantly. <laughs> yeah. Like a constant resourceful problem solving bitch. Yes. Yes. The definition that I've always really liked is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats or significant sources of stress such as family and relationship problems serious health problems or workplace and financial stressors it means bouncing back from a difficult situation yes you agree with that yeah i think though <laughs> when you say bouncing back like i feel like i don't think people articulate it that way though okay like i think they think that you like make it through like tough like you know without that realization that you can hit this like very low spot and mm -hmm. continue to trickle down but as long as then there's this point in time where you're back to mm -hmm. whatever that threshold is that you think is where you should be right but I don't think people like I've never said bounce back with resiliency okay yeah well today. I don't necessarily think that this is something that's taught um like I don't I don't know about you but I didn't take a resiliency class or <laughs> I don't remember like my mom or someone no. sitting down with me and being like well that's how you become resilient or when you get through this yeah. you will be resilient working as a teacher for a few years this was like a hot topic okay. and so I feel like there weren't like educational pieces but the like key thing was your success of your children is how resilient as a teacher you can make them ah. and so I think that the thought was there but I don't think there was any like tools or education pieces for many staff to like how do I help children build that within my mm. classroom and I think school counselors in particular are trying to like create curriculums or sure groups that do that um pbis is something i think in wisconsin but it might be everywhere i okay. haven't been in a while right but so that's their program to like positive reinforcement i don't remember what that acronym actually stands for <laughs> anymore um but so my always my thought was right if we're getting these kids in these level two level three which are like higher more frequent like um referrals or whatever they call them in okay. their school then would be a part of a resiliency class, right? Because, like, how are you going to, like, this kid's going to keep smoking weed in the bathroom getting caught or talking off to a teacher or doing this or that? Like, how are they going to ever bounce back mm -hmm. if there aren't skills that are taught? And usually resiliency is low in somebody if they're not able to, but maybe I'm well, thinking I that think wrong. Well, I think part of it is, like, I think a big question is, you know, are we born with it? 
right? Yes. Is it built? Yes. Or is it just a combination of both? Because yeah. I'm not necessarily sure there's a gene that's like, hey, this is your resiliency <laughs> gene, which might be cool. But, like, what some research has showed is, like, when you put resiliency in the bubble, what's around it is connectedness, curiosity, communication, control, change acceptance, right? Clarity of focus, confidence, and creativity. So that's just a model of what they've kind of come up with. But again, I don't necessarily know if you're born with it, right? Doesn't it make you think of that Maybelline commitment? You're like, born with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if you're born with it, if you, you know, if it's environmental, or perhaps it's just both. But then it brings up, which we won't get into, but it also brings you up to, like, historical trauma. So, like, Mm -hmm. can you really be born with it? So is it probably both just, like, nature and nurture? Right. I'm a strong believer that it's both. So I would say that resiliency is both. Yeah, I I think so too. And, you know, another piece or another component of it is, you know, having high self-esteem, flexibility, Mm -hmm. strong relationships, spiritual freedom, positive coping skills, emotional regulation, mindfulness, non-judgmental mind. (laughs) Um, And I'm not necessarily sure that we're born with those yet. We can't really ask a a newborn that, but that we can develop them over time. Mm -hmm. And But what I think about from a clinician standpoint is like really helping people identify that they're resilient yeah I mean because I really do even walking through my door that takes so much vulnerability that takes so much work I mean literally we always talk about well the resources are available but I think we need to take a step back from that and be like this is hard to do you have to search right because all the research shows right it you need to find the right therapist because yes find the right therapist you're going to have better outcomes right um so you're doing the research are you going to be cash pay is it insurance do they accept your insurance and you fill out paperwork and then you finally come through the door if you've successfully gone through those steps and those are huge yeah of all those barriers that you just talked about like and that because of maybe someone's environment they didn't even think to think about that or you know seeking counseling or therapy wasn't an option ever but now they want to explore that i think i've tried telling the clients that I've worked with at the domestic violence shelter that like you're being referred because you're asking for this service but if you don't feel a connection and you do not feel that the professional that you are working with is going to help you then you need to come back so Mm -hmm. that I can support you to explore something else right because it is so like I don't know it took me till probably three years ago I don't know if it was maybe talking with you or going through some of schooling but like no not every therapist or counselor is gonna mesh with someone and like how detrimental to that Mm -hmm. client right if that um relationship continues absolutely because both well one's just a professional and they probably are like well I've been referred and now we're gonna keep going with it right but that client's not actually getting anything out of that right well and the other issue I think we've well first of all mental health and the stigma associated with it um but we're also kind of accustomed to like you go to the doctor you typically have the same doctor for a really really long time so I think people get that part of like this bubble like oh it's a therapist it's a one-size-fits-all, and that's just not the case. Right. There are so many factors that come into play, and so I, I think it's a shifting of, like, well, he, there's so many resources, but it is tough for them uh, or with anybody along those tracks and that yeah. we have to help them be resilient and that we have to acknowledge that it's they a are. lot yep, right. to and make that phone call. I mean, I, I never take those things for granted, or I shouldn't say that. I really try not to take those things for granted. Yeah. And I always try to put myself in their shoes and be like, okay, right? Those steps that you completed to even get through my door, wow. And then once we've worked together, if I'm the right 
fit, then how are we tapping into how you're, you've been resilient over your life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think even when people examine their own resilience, like, right, I feel like we can go anywhere and everyone's talking like, tap into this, understand this. But I think if people really focus on resilience as like the center of like different times in their life, Mm -hmm. um, where have they felt accomplished or where did they feel like they made this connection with this person or where did they, you know, I think that brings them strength that they forgot. Mm Mm-hmm that like they could articulate in order to build themselves up that they could identify as resiliency yeah no I would agree because I don't think it's necessarily taught yeah um and in the sense that I think even with people's healing and their journey right (laughs) you have this perception that like or some people have this perception that they're going to come in and then it's just magically cured and that's just not how it works like therapy is work yes it is hard work and then once you've accomplished one thing another door opens yeah but that's that resilient part And that's what I try to teach people is that you're going to, you're going to take 10 steps forward and then you're probably going to take 15 back, right? That resiliency is the piece that picks you back up. And then how are we going to accomplish this again? Because the reality is, is that that's really all life is. It's going to continue to throw stuff at you. How resilient are you going to be to handle that stuff? And if you really learned all those tools, right? Did you Mm -hmm. learn flexibility? Did you learn those positive coping skills? Mm -hmm. Did you learn those emotional regulations to that? us then handle this problem yes but they don't think of it like that like healing is not linear no <laughs> and if I could and it takes resiliency and well, so our you culture gotta, I think yeah. don't you think our culture like plays into that because the thought of going 10 steps forward should be like this give me a medal blah 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 right but then to go 15 steps back is like embarrassing right or like people should feel shame for that even though that's the whole process of this like ping pong battle that Mm -hmm. like is continued throughout and even people who think that they're resilient I wish they would assess Mm -hmm. right like where are you resilient and are you really resilient and how can you grow this because I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's areas of their life where they're like shoot I didn't learn that emotional coping skill or I'm not flexible in these certain situations and so now how can I continue to build resiliency Mm -hmm. yeah no it's 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 such a powerful tool and it's in our arsenal right Mm -hmm. or we've seen somebody who's had it or we have it within ourselves it's really important to pull it out especially um, during this time. Yeah, and I think, and the, I think, I just said that twice, but. <laughs> so I think, thought, I think. <laughs> so my thought is that when I did was a teacher, this resiliency was this, like, huge, like, buzzword, right? Oh, okay. And so then we were talking a little bit before this, and, like, how you didn't feel like we were taught anything or children were taught anything about it. And I think it's, like, emerging. But I also mm-hmm. don't know if it's going to be, like, this, what I feel, this trauma-informed care approach of mm-hmm. this, like, buzzword. But really, have we implemented it? Mm-hmm. Or really, have we taken that into consideration in all facets of where somebody's going to come in contact with a professional or a community resource? Right. You know what I mean? So are we really going to... In the school environment, is probably because that's the only place I've really heard it is mm-hmm. like, are we building resiliency? Right. Well, I mean, I at least know for myself as a clinician, I do try. But I think what I do, which I think you just made a good point, is I lump it all under self-care. And so mm-hmm. I try to break down self-care and then, you know, kind of chunk those pieces out. But as you were saying that, that's what it makes me think of. And I don't always say resiliency until yeah. I identify it with somebody. But it might be advantageous, right? to start identifying that as being resilient. 
right? Yeah. Like that was something really hard that you overcame, right? Or how is that obstacle? Because what I try to do in session is, right, when somebody's facing a challenge that maybe they've never faced or they've been facing this for a while, what I try to teach them is how about we tap into something that worked in the past, right? I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially depending on the mental health disorder too, like if if someone is suffering from chronic and severe depression, right, sometimes it's just giving people those little wins. Like, well, you came through my door today. Did you shower? Right? Have you done that? You know, and like trying to build people up that way. Or how am I going to overcome this huge financial obstacle or this medical obstacle? Or now I'm getting re, uh, you know, traumatized uh, and triggered. How can I overcome those types of things? So it's like really going and reverting back to how have you overcome things in the past? And let's talk about that. And if you've never overcome anything, I think the next thing that I try to tap into is who do you know that is resilient, right? Because I think yes. we forget so much. Like, I, I, I try to teach people, and I think we forget about visualization, mentors, things that we do see that are positive and that yes. probably have had some sort of influence. So when I say that to you, who when you think of resiliency, and it doesn't have to be somebody that, like, you personally know. It can be a celebrity. Yeah. It can be whatever. But, like, when you look at somebody, who do you see as resilient? And so, like, I feel like I see a lot of people, and so I think I was blessed, and I'm not sure if I can articulate one person, but I think just growing up in the school that I grew up in, mm-hmm. and then um, the family situation that I grew up in, and, like, understanding that the kid who sat next to me in the desk is probably pretty resilient because this, this, and this that they're going through, but mm-hmm. they're still here today. Right. Um, I have some friends like just little things so if I think about my one friend who always journaled Mm. um she like has journals on journals on journals and so like when we were in college she had broken up with her boyfriend and she's like I forgot like I was so lost and so I read back in one of my journals even though it was a high school relationship she was like and I read how I felt Mm. and what I did but most of those things are probably pretty similar right every situation is going to trigger that similar emotion and so what I did then was it helpful or was it hurtful and so how can I change it now in this situation that I'm feeling and so I just always thought of that as like that was a way of resilience like have I journaled no Mm -hmm. but do I think that that's powerful in order to be able to remember a situation that you were in prior Mm -hmm. to one that now you're in and how did you handle it or handle it different yeah I think for me I've had a lot of like strong females in my life. Yeah. You know, I was raised by my mom. And, like, so, again, it, and when I think about resiliency, it doesn't necessarily mean in looking up to a person that they're all resilient. So I think yeah. we get confused on that. Like, if you're resilient in this one aspect of your life, right, yeah. it doesn't, it, like, you don't have to be resilient all over the place, right? Because we're made up of parts and yeah. pieces. And so it's going to ebb and flow like that. But so when I think about my mom and I think about her work ethic and all of the kids and being a single mom and like, so I get my work ethic from her and I just think about how resilient that was. And like, yeah. I have to go to work, Caitlin. We have to have a roof over your head. Okay, that sounds good. I get it, right? And so I get yeah. that from her. And then I think about like my sisters, right? And um, their resiliency and the different things that they've taught me as well. Yeah. Like a very strong leads in that regards. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
I think back to like different mentors that I've had. Mm -hmm. um, and so like the first time, I mean, I never thought I would have a minor in gender and women's studies or a master's in gender and women's studies, but I took my first gender and women's studies class and it was like, talk about a light bulb freaking moment. Like, yeah. oh, like the heavens yeah. opened and I was like, oh my God, things are socially constructed. <laughs> Women are in history. Holy crap. Yeah. Like seriously. And I think about that teacher that I had and then the things I got to do with her as a mentor and just like all of those different areas I've had definitely had some strong people yes. um but I also like I don't know I think innately right like mm -hmm. I don't have anything to really prove um that I have always been resilient but I've always felt that way like yeah. every challenge I'm like yes now do it does it have doubts fear all of that stuff and sometimes talk myself out of it yes but then I really go back and then I move forward yeah I don't know like innately but I guess like that's how it feels but I guess if I look back it could be environmental as well like seeing all these other people around you survive yeah. and picking those pieces right right and then figuring out how that could make me resilient too yeah I just, I don't, I always go back to like resiliency, right, is in the center. And then you read all of these things of confidence, clarity, focus, like mm -hmm. control, all of that. And I just always go back to like when you talk to people about like, well, why do you have confidence, right? Because not everyone has it. And they always, they can articulate, well, mm -hmm. my mom helped me or I right. did this or I did that. And so I think resiliency is also based on a largely like opportunities that mm -hmm. are like accessible to you in order to experience some of those things. Sure. Um, but then that doesn't mean that you have to have those experiences to have it, mm -hmm. right? You can learn it. Yeah. And you can make those changes. And I think that's what's the good part about like most mental health things or resiliency. Mm -hmm. But then it is that effort of like, what do you want to put into it? Yeah. And it's kind of like the definition too, right? Like building it and, yeah. and all these different facets of your life. Yeah. And if you're not good in one, or you don't feel you're good in one area or can overcome it, can overcome it, tapping into, well, I overcame that situation. Mm -hmm. What did I do there? Potentially it could work for what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, but so like people don't always know how to. Yes. So how can people build it or how do you articulate to people about like, hey, this is this area and this is how we can work on it. Sure. And it's going to be depending on the person, depending on yeah, where they're at in yeah. life. Like this is not a one size fits all. <laughs> Never is. But I definitely think to uh, I think it starts with our mind, okay, mm -hmm. and how to build a resilient mindset, right? Yeah. Like, how many times do we have to read if we realize how powerful our thoughts were? We never know, think another you know, negative one again. Like, I know it's cliche, but like, it's I so truthful, <laughs> and it's like the fucking truth. So do it, God damn it. Yeah. So that's I think I that's where it starts. I really okay. do. And so learning consistently and figuring out your opinions on it, like learn who you mm -hmm. are, like being authentic. So another thing that they say to build resiliency is be authentic right go back to your values your norms your strength if you have emotional intelligence if you need to get it you need to take a quiz you read the book whatever yeah. but I do think it starts with you your mindset and being authentic yeah your values so like I've got tons I know of mm -hmm. do you ever think though like people don't fucking do it I mean I honestly didn't have a value sheet till I was 23 Yep. what was wrong with me that's what I always think because my life fucking changed after I have it and I still have it it's on a little line sheet of paper yep. and do I edit it 
it? Of course. Do I reread it? Yes. But like, mm-hmm. why did I not have that till I was 23? No wonder why all the stupid things <laughs> I chose to do. Right. So like, but. I think for me, maybe I never articulated my values, mm-hmm. but what I would always tell and what I've always based my decisions on is like my intuition, my gut, and if I can defend my choice. And so to me, that's authenticity. So that to me, that's resiliency too. Like, okay, Caitlin, you're about to go up against every single person that <laughs> disagrees with you. Do you feel it in your gut? Is it authentic? And are you willing to fight for it? Yeah. Absolutely. If that's yes, then I've never let anything stand in my way. Yeah. If it's a no, then I rethink it. How can I do those things? But yeah. I think that's also what has um, defined me and set me apart from people too mm-hmm. um, because I am very much authentic. I'm craving something. I mm-hmm. want yes so that piece so again how to build it that would be one area um set definitive goals um that you can plan stay focused on what truly matters um and so goals yes I know it can be daunting but they also say finding your passion and finding your calling which I I think is investing in yourself I think that's also part of authenticity which I don't again think we are necessarily trained to identify with well do you think everyone has that opportunity like I just fucking hate that like money mattered at one point in my life like right I would be the goddamn vet of all vets sure let me tell you yes yes no I I, obviously there's going to be areas in your life um I still think I'm being authentic to myself and my path and my values and yes Yes. but Mm -hmm. um I think though that's where people get caught up but I think it's because we maybe don't allow people to have their own values until a certain age. Right. Right, like, why would I validate your 16-year-old values? Well, mm-hmm. that person can have values, right? Yeah. They should have values, and then they should live authentically to those. Mm-hmm. As an adult, should I challenge ones that are a little more risque? Yeah. Sure. Right. Um, but I feel like we don't allow people at an earlier age to establish values and follow them, which then I think is what hinders oh, their yeah. I, mean, I think that's a really, really good point. Absolutely. Um, another thing is for that people to info- people follow, inspire with their strength and independence, which is what you're kind of getting at, which gets hindered due to our societal pressures and yes. different things like that, the structure that we have created, those social mm-hmm. norms. Um, and also another thing is uh, maintaining perspective, you know, learning from setbacks, focusing on solutions, which were not necessarily taught, no. and then, um, you know, manage that negative thinking, which again, it's not at the forefront of what we've been structured living in. So we're already set up for not resilient success um, right away. Uh, Another thing is uh, be self-sufficient and learn to look after yourself. Don't rely on others. Oh, my God. Um, I know. When we talk about people pleasing or those different types of things, I mean, I'm constantly talking about that. Like, it's so crazy to think that people are taught that if I help other people, somehow my cup is going to get filled. But, like, seriously, the majority of my sessions are you can't fill from an empty cup. You can't fill from a depleted cup. But, like, it's a rewiring of that. It's a reshifting of that. And that takes work, right? Like, oh, my God, that feels selfish. But it's not. Like, think about being a role model. Because there's so many fucking manipulative mm, people out here that mm. suck that out of you (laughs) and, like, lead you to believe that. I don't know. So one of our close friends... Um, had on her story and then Matt shared it her Instagram story shared it with me but it was like the 2021 like this is what you should go for and I don't know the one that just stuck out to me the most is related to this about being um, 
still delegating at your job or still allowing others to have responsibilities and you not doing it just because you know that they might not complete it to the level that you wanted it or you know that they are. So like I should still delegate this task to this person because So you're setting someone up to fail? No, you're taking on all the responsibility because they're not being held accountable. Okay. Right? So like if that's a goal? So it's not a goal. It's just letting yourself <laughs> oh. not be overwhelmed okay. with having the like the responsibility to take care of all of this. Like you oh, can put other okay. responsibility on other people, mm-hmm. even though in your mind you might not think they might get it done. So okay. like I think about like Jason and vacuuming, right? Like, <laughs> is he gonna vacuum? <laughs> Are you gonna give it to? Is that job to him? No, I think he's always the vacuumer, isn't he? Well, before he, you got the yeah, he just likes to chase the, uh, the Roomba, Roomba around. I know. Uh-huh. But so you know what I mean. But I think that that's what people whose cup gets empty is because they're also trying to do so much because they're not willing to like have someone maybe do something not to what they wanted it to be completed. Sure, you know, and like I standard. try to teach people like I don't think people pleasing or putting other people's needs sort of in front of yours is bad, but have some boundaries with it. Yes. Like, that's, that's the key. key. Like, yeah. you should want to, if your value system is to help other people, take care of other people, cool. I am envious of that. I think it's great, but have it with boundaries. Yes. Because you have to learn to fill your cup. Because yes. otherwise you are depleted. Yes. And so I think it's just a balance and it's a restructuring of taking some of your qualities, potentially your value system, and just reforming them around boundaries. So do boundaries. you think people who have resiliency like high levels of it have super good boundaries in certain areas yes okay Uh, again I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all package I think you can be super resilient at work and have the really good boundaries and this and that and then in a different area of your life you're working to improve it and if you were working with somebody potentially a therapist or you know somebody pointed out to you like Mm -hmm. hey what are you doing there and you're so resilient and this and that how can you use it here so I think that that's part of what people get caught up on like look I have this this, this pristine life and I have this and this and this and this is but then I have anxiety right or I have this piece that's not so good maybe you're negatively coping right now I mean like there's just yes. all these areas okay. and if they met with a professional or sat down and explored it how can we take those areas that you're using well and potentially use that to get yes. better or how can we help you get better okay. so I think that that's possible I'm not necessarily sure that somebody has it 100% no. together but I do think that, that that's kind of part of that social media that displaying of like oh god this person's perfect life when we're just getting a glimpse yeah right like we're yeah. just getting a a, a peek into the window yes. and you know so I think there's confusion with that and so I think that that's just important to recognize it's not going to be 100% um another thing with how to build it is to manage stress <laughs> yeah. um you know finding that balance which I think that that's part of that self-care umbrella um but understanding that like stress is like good but so like it's having that I think it's just understanding like you have to know what is good stress in your life and what Mm. is not good stress and where those things are coming from yep and that healthy coping positive coping versus negative coping right yeah um and how important those pieces are and like staying healthy which is part of that 
um, balanced thing under the self-care wheel, right? Um, and it doesn't have to mean that you're working out seven times, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're going crazy or different things like that. But how how are you healthy? Because your healthy might be different than my healthy. Yes. Like it's really about tapping into your body. So somebody yes. who needs to work out every day, as long as it's healthy and maybe they're eating properly and it fits in their schedule, cool. But that yeah. might not work for somebody else. But how can they be staying emotionally happy, physically happy, and all of those pieces? And that's where understanding the self-care wheel and doing that and exploring that is just it, it is advantageous for anybody. Yeah. And I think, again, helps kind of plant those seeds and build resiliency. Building networks. So, like, your social support network is so key. The people that you surround yourself with. I mean, again, another cliche thing we hear all of the time. You are, like, the five people you spend the most time with. Well, shit. Like, look yes. around, and the people that you're spending your time with, are they adding value to your life? Right. Yes. That's my... That's, I think, the older you get, I think that's one <laughs> of those things that sure. you, like, start to put on your value list is, like... And then now I have yet to figure out how do I articulate that to my other friends mm-hmm. who I am close with, but maybe have friends that like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. And like, so if you want to invite everyone, but they're a part of that, I'm going to have to opt out because it's not helping me because mm-hmm. that is not who I am. And yeah. that's not a situation or all of those things. But I feel like that's like a... All is resilience, right, reminds me of strength, but it also reminds me of time, and it also reminds me of age. Mm. And so, like, can we speed it up, right? Or (laughs) are truly people gaining resiliency and, like, super resilient when they're older? Well, part of that, when we go back to the definition, is also experiences. That's true, Right? And so I do think experience plays into that, and I think values um, and those different types of things are part of that. Um, And... You know, I've got a couple clients who are, they have this, like, group that they talk with each other and, like, they're talking about valuable things and helping each other outside of therapy. And I was telling my client, I was like, that's just amazing. Like, I haven't even heard of other people, right? Like, so when I talk about people with physical health, right, and they're like, I want to get fit. Well, how can you find an accountability buddy, right? But, like, they've created and formed a network themselves of accountability buddies for therapy like how beautiful is that in the sense that they're supporting each other on this healing journey and they have that connectiveness because so many times people come into the office and they're like I feel like I'm all alone in those different types of things and we try to build like who can you talk to outside of here and like that different stuff and they've got this whole squad well do you think that's why AA and NA are so good of (laughs) like I know that there's a lot to talk about in that whole realm but it is well, right, it's connectedness. Yes. Like, people want to connect, but right? like, human nature is to connect yes. to one another. And, like, how cool is that? I've just never heard of it before. Okay. So I'm, like, definitely fascinated. And maybe it exists in other realms. Like, <laughs> but, like, how many people do you know that go to therapy and then talk with their whole squad about it and they all help each other on their journey? And they're yeah. all at different stages of their journey. No. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, it's I resilient. Say. Yes. Uh, they're well how vulnerable and honest yes, to be with yes. and resilience yes. and finding your passion and so all of these things that we just discussed and then supportive yep. of one another and yep. like non-judgmental <laughs> right like yeah okay yeah, yeah. I hear you. I, and just and like Granted, they're doing it because they care and they're genuine and all of those things. But from my clinical perspective, I don't think they understand how further along their journey they are than other people. Okay, yeah, that's true. Well, to their norm. 
also. Right. Yep. Yeah, but part of this is, like, when you look, because there's stages of therapy, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not supposed to, as a patient, you don't necessarily know the stages unless you've looked it up. As a clinician, we know the stages. Yeah. But, like, at a stage of therapy, you know that healing happens when you start sharing with other people. When you start telling when people have earned your story is what yeah. I want to say. And it doesn't have to be your traumas or different things like that, but they've earned your story um, and you want to teach them too. So like that's a huge step in your healing journey. Yeah. And so to have that and to be talking about it and to feel supported in that process is going to move you further along that journey than I've ever seen yeah. before. So that's that's just neat. I'm very fascinated by it. <laughs> um, and then don't compare yourself with others only with the you yesterday. Mm. <laughs> that's like the mindset stuff. Yes. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's always at the forefront of our mind, but it's something that Well, I think we say. like to tell ourselves that, but that's sometimes easier said than done, right? Like Right. Um, another thing that they say for, to build uh, resiliency, again, uh, emotion-focused, focusing on those different things, acceptance, uh, humor <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> can really play into that, um, positive reframing, problem, like being um, solution-focused, yes. right? How can I come up with... Um, and creative with your solution, yep. like, well, that flexibility, like not having it be like... Well, this is how someone I or I know how to only solve this. And so, yeah, I'm solution focused, but it didn't work. You know what I mean? Well, there's another solution to it. So, and active coping, or what I would say to um, positively cope. Uh, All right, what's this? Let me see what other. Well, my thought was going to be do you think that people who come to see you with depression, their area of resiliency, they have more levels that are low or areas that are low. Like, do you think that that, like, is a way you would address that person who came in, right, on DSM-5, whichever one of those three levels of depression they would fit on? Do you think that, mm-hmm. okay, like, resiliency I think, again, I think I, I, maybe I'm an eternal optimist. All, in my opinion, we yeah. all are resilient, right? I don't look at a diagnosis. I don't look at a person and say, like, or think, like, you are depression. I really yeah. look at it and say, you have symptoms of this, right? Yeah. So are you oversleeping? No motivation? Just want to, like, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So how can we treat the symptoms? So it's really, I, ha- I love working with clients because they teach me so much as well. And so I was trying she was nervous about the diagnosis, right? So I'm trying to talk with her um, and calm the situation, calm the waters, and talk about that a diagnosis is the umbrella, right? So mm-hmm. that's up here. We are trying to treat the symptoms, and, like, I don't look at you and I like, your anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. You have symptoms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, so kind of like um, when I have a cold, I don't tell people I'm a cold. I have <laughs> yeah. symptoms of a cold. I literally yes. died, and I was like, that is the best analogy correct like yes. you are your symptoms so if we can treat some of those symptoms right let's do that piece and then again I think if it is depression if mm-hmm. that's our umbrella that we're working under what I would say is again try to tap into other areas that they've been resilient before because okay, maybe yeah. they haven't had this this whole time what's going on in the environment or those different types of things I think I try not to get caught up on the diagnosis yeah. I look at it as a path as an avenue and 
um, but not the definitive end all to be all. If that yeah. kind of answers your it question, does, yeah. I do think we all have it in us. But maybe you haven't ha- like just how we talked about. Maybe you haven't had the role models. Maybe you haven't had the mentor. Maybe you haven't found it within yourself, and maybe you don't think yet that you've overcome something. Yeah. And so that's where I think oftentimes pulling back to those basics, and maybe I'm saying like, well, you walked through my door today. Good lord, right? Yeah. You know that that's pretty hard to do. Yeah. That built resiliency. And so if you can kind of take those little stepping stones, I think that that can help. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense? Yes, it does. Um, let's see. How do you think the pandemic has played into people's resiliency? I mean, I think it has built some people's resiliency, but I think that people are so... I know you want a more specific answer. <laughs> I think that people are so on either side of this pandemic sure. that some people haven't gained any and some people have, right? Okay. Depending on their viewpoint of it. Sure. Um, but I would definitely say yes. And I think that maybe people haven't been able to articulate that it is resiliency that they've built, but I think they have found value in being flexible. I think that they have found value in network and connection. I Mm -hmm. think that they have found value in understanding what makes them happy in their authentic self because we've had to spend so much time with ourselves. Yeah. And so, you know, I think everyone, like we've talked about throughout this, like, it's you're not in all of it all the time you're in one area one Mm -hmm. area one area but so I do think that people without maybe knowing have built it Mm -hmm. but I also think that it's probably pretty dramatic on what that level is on what your belief on the pandemic has been absolutely no I totally agree with you I think what it has done is a lot of people even in my office like I've had to sit down and look at myself in the mirror do I like what I see I'm not sure right some areas yes and then what do I need to focus on Mm -hmm. um but I mean uh, yeah Uh, I think we have yet to see all of the systemic effects of the pandemic, but I do think once things, um, I don't know, move forward in potentially a better route, uh, maybe people will be able to identify resiliency because like we're all going through a collective trauma and so we're all trying to survive in our environment. Is that good or bad? Like the way we've gone about it, is it good or bad? I don't know. But are we not at the bounce back stage where we can like articulate or not in the reflective stage? Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that failure builds resiliency? Resiliency. Uh, I think it can, and I think it can't. Oh! Right? There's the answer. I think it's however you handle failure, right? And how you perceive it and mm-hmm. what it means to you. And so if you're hyper-focused on perfectionism, I'm not so sure that you're building that area of re- any areas of resiliency, right? Okay. But I think that um, if failure is something that um, is in the past you've handled, so you know you can continue to handle it, and you can see those positive things that come from it, of course failure is, but people define failure as different things. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, between Matt and I, like, I just think about, like, what he sees failure as sometimes and what I do. And some of them are like, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, sure, I didn't make it to the garbage or this didn't happen. Like, yeah. but might be a failure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so different perceptions, too, of, like, what failure is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think... It- Failure builds resiliency? I do. I absolutely do. I mean, yes, we can say it depends on this and this and that, but I I really do. Uh, I think it can beat you down potentially for a while, right? But until you've 
potentially been around the right people or accountable for your actions, um, then you can kind of pull yourself back up. So kind of back to that definition of experiencing things and bouncing back. And so part of it might be you've you haven't recognized that you've bounced back before. So how can we tap into that? Yes. Or maybe you haven't. All right, fine. Let's own it. Let's accept it. Who are you? And then how can we build it? If you want that. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I'm not saying you can't recognize resiliency by yourself, Mm -hmm. but I think you might need like a professional to help you do that because they have to ask that right question for you to like start playing the reels in your head. Sure. Right. Because like I could sit there and be like, Oh, I've never done this. I've never done that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's a friend who is uneducated in that realm of mental health who can elicit those thoughts. But I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. if you really want to assess your resiliency and like, yeah. where you're at in your life, I think that you should find someone. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm completely biased right now, I but know, yes. But yes. Um, and I think even just teaching people, like, oftentimes we're living in that fear zone, okay? So how do we get to the learning zone? How do we get to the growth zone? And I don't necessarily, I think a professional yeah. is going to know those things versus yes. somebody who may or may not. But, yeah. But overall, you know, if you, I think it's important after listening to this, really tap into what your resiliency is, right? Maybe write some things down um, and then how you can be more resilient moving forward or like asking yourself maybe even just write it down what are your value systems am I being authentic am I living (laughs) my best life right Right. Um, am I finding my purpose or my passion that doesn't mean that you have to you know leave your job tomorrow but it could be that you keep your job and then start planting seeds as to finding passion right something that brings you joy or bliss you know managing your stress focusing on that really that those self-care aspects Mm-hmm. So Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say for this uh, tea, uh, peppermint. You think peppermint? Yes. Okay. Soothing. Calming. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions or want to reach out to us, feel free to do that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and hope that you learned a few things. The importance of mental health issues continues to grow and we hope we shed some light on topics that are important to you while also fucking some shit up. (laughs) All right, let us know what topics you would want to learn more about and email us at teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Again, that's teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Thank Thank you. you.